0: Welcome to the NRL Weekend Wrap for Round 24. Now, plenty to get into today. Uh, This is not just a sports report. I was going to say obviously, but maybe not obvious. So, not just a sports report. What's in store for today? It's the NRL Round 24 Weekend Wrap. If it's your first time listening, I'm basically just going to go through all the games. Uh, But I always like to change it up, the format. Don't always keep it the same week to week, and I'm thinking for round 25, uh, which is upcoming, it's going to be an in-depth week for both the preview podcast and the round 25 weekend wrap, uh, it's going to be quite in-depth, going into player performance, uh, where the seasons are at, what's to come, Uh, so given that I'm going to go all in, basically, uh, next week, or this week, fucking hell, tomorrow. I'll be recording the podcast. Talk about scattered next week, tomorrow. There you go, so a few less days to get that one out there than I thought, Uh, but given that I'm gonna be going so in depth, today what I'm gonna do, uh, I got a couple of bits of news, bits of rugby league world uh, things, maybe one or two, three, I think, (laughs) uh, that I'll quickly talk about, then as always, We're gonna go through the performance highlights, uh, which is also posted over on the Instagram, our Instagram, not just the Instagram. Although it is on the Instagram, but kind of hard to find it pretty broad there and kind of vague, at not just a sports report on Instagram. uh, But I'll tell you the performance highlights. So if you're on Instagram and you're like, where the fuck is this thing? Uh, This guy's just told me Instagram. Now I'm seeing a lot of other things. Now I've totally forgotten about this guy. I'm not even looking for performance highlights. I've seen a video and my mind's somewhere else. So I'll give you the performance highlights today. There you go. It's on the podcast. We're already here. And then usually I'll go game by game and give thoughts. But today it's going to be a little bit quicker. I think I can sum up the main gist of what I want to say. And I could definitely go more in depth. So I apologize if that was what you're after for this one. Uh, But next week's Weekend Wrap, that's gonna be very in-depth, as is the preview, which will come out on Wednesday. So there will be in-depth content, Uh, but for the action in round 24, I'm just gonna go through all eight games in one go. And I think I can give a pretty decent summary. I might miss one or two things, Uh, But Rugby League, it's a 24-hour news cycle. There are so many bits of content out there. uh, So it won't be missed. I'm sure you'll hear plenty of people talk about it. And yeah, in-depth. We're going in-depth for round 25. So with all eight games, I'm just going to go through it. And then we'll finish off with the ladder watch. Have a look where everything is at on the ladder. And that'll be it. I'm looking at maybe the hour mark. Trying to hit the... One hour mark here, I don't wanna go too much longer. So with that being said, let's get amongst it. The NRL Weekend Wrap, round 24. All right, three little bits of news that I wanted to jump into. Uh, And like I said, everything a little bit shorter. I'm not gonna gloss over everything, but today I'm just summing up things in general with some statements. Whatever, I'm blabbling fucking already. So, three bits of news. Jared Croker. One of my all-time favorite players, love Jared Croker. Uh, He's announced this season will be his last. I don't even know if we'll see him for the rest of the season uh, with the Raiders, hopefully. Hopefully we do get to see him, Uh, but he's announced his retirement. I think with the guys they have in their system, uh, guys like Ethan Strange, Brad Morkos, uh, Seb Chris, who naturally is a left centre. There are just too many young guys uh, who are ready to take that position. Jared Croker, absolute legend of the club. Uh, I've watched him from before he even landed in the NRL. was watching him when he was in uh, the Holden, Holden Cup, well, which was very rugby league guru of me. Although Guru probably was watching him in fucking like Harold Matthews, so. Uh, but Jared Croker, what a career it's been. Uh, I've also put that in the performance highlights. Uh, just a little thank you, Jared Croker. And there are other players like Wade Graham uh, retiring and things like that, but anyone that knows me knows through family Raiders are my second team. If they're not playing the Warriors, then I always support them, uh, which it was hard to do so this past weekend, but whatever. Jared Croker. I genuinely just, he's one of my favorite players for what he's given to the Raiders. I remember when he burst on the scene, the headgear. The headgear just made him a distinctive player. And I was like, this guy is young. And the Raiders for the longest time, they were not like the Raiders of the last five or six years. They just didn't quite have these superstar players, nobody, Wanted to come to Canberra. Whenever they had sick players like Josh Dugan, Todd Carney, fucking Anthony Milford, Blake Ferguson, you name it. Like, they all left. A lot of them are through bad behavior. Um, so, what? Todd Carney, bad behavior? Todd Carney was sick too. He was actually uh, one of my favorite. He was my favorite Canberraider. Uh, like around, I don't know, like 2007 mark? And I remember I was at the airport around 2007 and my dad, like I'm a Warriors man at, at my true core, but I love the Raiders. But my dad is a Raiders man at his core. He's a Canberra boy, uh, Polish background, but Warriors. Like he lived in New Zealand, but I, I don't think he gives a fuck about the Warriors, you know, it's like, he's a Raiders man. So we see the Raiders team at the airport, He says, my son is a huge fan. I'm like, you're the true fan here, mate. And then so I'm meeting all the players. And then I think they'd lost the week before against the Sharks. And my dad's just like, has the whole team gathered there in front of him? It's just like, boys, what happened on the weekend against the Sharks? I was like, oh, my fucking hell, dad, did you have to do that? And yeah, it was a good moment there. And I enjoyed it. I'm like, yeah, why not? If you have them all gathered there, what did happen against the Sharks? I can't remember, but Jared Croker, essentially Raiders been paying attention to him through his whole career and phenomenal player. He's given so much to the game uh, and the Raiders in particular. And all the best to him in retirement. Uh, now my next bit of news is actually over from the UK Challenge Cup specifically, uh, which if you're not in the know, About what the Challenge Cup is. Over in England, Super League, the main competition. Challenge Cup, kind of like an FA Cup. Hopefully you know what an FA Cup is or a Challenge Cup is. If you don't, it's fucking fine. Because it's not that. I mean, it's important to all these people. That's why I'm mentioning it. But like, if you don't know what FA Cup is and Challenge Cup, you're a bit confused, it's fine. Because this is going to be quick. Lee Leopards formerly Lee Centurion's a second division team for most of their run. Uh, Now, they had had some time in the Super League, uh, but last season, they were not even in the Super League. This year, I haven't been keeping up, but they're doing very well. Coached by Adrian Lamb, star halfback, Lachlan Lamb, who you may remember uh, from the Sydney Roosters. Now, Lachlan Lamb, Adrian Lamb, Uh, They've got Edwin Aipape at uh, Dummy Half. There are strong Papua New Guinea links there. Talks that they may even play a game there. But Challenge Cup, similar to the FA Cup, a really prestigious honour over in the UK. Lee Leopards. Unbelievable job. They won it in Golden Point. I actually stayed up and watched it. I was like, man, I'm going to be so tired. But it was good. Sean Kenny Dale, I always love checking out the UK stuff, because there are always guys I know, and I keep up enough to know some of the more prominent English and UK players, but I'm always just like, ah, oh, fucking earth. Sean Kenny Dale. Good to see Sean Kenny Dale playing, and it's his final season. Uh, but he was with Halkea Lee Leopards. It goes down to Golden Point. The son of the coach, Lachlan Lamb. Kicks the winning field goal. Lee Leopards win the Challenge Cup. Unbelievable scenes. And given that I don't keep up fully with the English scene, I can't even begin to articulate what this actually means. That's why it's going to be quick. Uh, But it's a huge achievement. And now, I think back back here in Australia, there would be some clubs and there would be... Yeah, mainly clubs, actually. (laughs) Fucking hell. Goodness gracious, a bit scattered. Uh, Looking at Adrian Lamb and Lachlan Lamb. And like maybe not getting both, but getting one of the two. Because Adrian Lamb has really proven he can coach. And Lachlan Lamb has proven he can play. I did hear that Raiders were interested. And I'm surprised Tigers didn't look more into that. They've kind of already kind of rushed in. And locked in what they're going for next year. Uh, but they have signed some talented players. But Lachlan Lamb, fucking hell. Roosters. There's a talk they're looking at Mitchell Pearce maybe. Uh, so there's a lot going on. But maybe Roosters look to Lachlan Lamb and say, you know what? Do you want to come back here? <laughs> so yeah, Lee Leopards, unbelievable. They won the Challenge Cup. Uh, last bit of news positive for the Titans. This is one I didn't talk about very much because I figured this was gonna be the outcome. David Fafita, Tino Fusumala Awe have both re-signed with the club. So we can put that to bed. And what makes it even more huge news is reportedly Tino is signed long-term. Like, looking like this is gonna be the club for the rest of his career. Unless shit goes, you know, truly wrong. Uh, but all this talk of like, oh, if Justin Holbrook's gone, you know, they might not have faith in the club. Tino signing for such a long time indicates the total opposite. I mean, you've got Des Hasler coming in, Fafita, Tino, stay with the Gold Coast. And look, well, it's, I think every one of us would love them to sign with our team. I think ar- across the board, most of us are pretty happy they're staying with the Gold Coast Titans. You know, it's not like they've signed with the Roosters or, you know, even just clubs up the top of the table. They're sticking it out. With, like, I I don't know, my equivalent would be maybe Damian Lillard at the Portland Trailblazers, how long he stuck it out there. Uh, But at the Titans, at least, they're building pieces around these star players. And Titans have put out a pretty clear intent that they are after premierships. So that was the news they were after. And that's all the news I have for you. Let's keep this rolling and get straight amongst the round 24 performance highlights. In the spirit of today's podcast, this one going to be a little bit quicker as well. Uh, usually I'd break down with a few stats, uh, and performance highlights usually will be the longest part and then I'll spend a bit of time on each games. But without further ado, here it is. Player of the round. Guess who? This one might surprise you if you weren't watching this weekend. Drew Hutchison. I went with Drew Hutchison as my player of the round, and given where the Roosters' season is at, they absolutely could not afford a loss. Drew Hutchison proved to be the difference against the Dolphins, scored a couple of tries, ran for a lot of metres, was producing tackle breaks, had a very similar game to Daily Cherry Evans. I went Drew Hutchison. His team got the win on the weekend. And given all this kerfuffle around the Roosters halves, you've got Luke Carey, Joey Manu spent some time in there, Sam Walker started the year there. He just returned on the weekend in New South Wales Cup. You've got Sandon Smith. Drew Hutchison. A couple of years ago, when Kerry was out for the season, Sam Walker first introduced to the fold, Drew Hutchison partnered him in the halves, and Roosters went really well. Now, Drew Hutchison, not like, I don't know, Trent Robinson has been like, he's the new Mitchell Orbison. And I'm like, well, Robbo, I'm not a Premiership winning coach. You're a multiple Premiership winning coach. But I'm like, respectfully, stop playing Drew Hutchison in the centers. Halves, that's his natural position. That's actually where he came through the grades, played junior reps, was a New South Wales Blues half. I'd uh, say so he's an unbelievable player. And Halves, his natural position, given where the Roosters are at and the game he just produced. It's, it's a question mark. Did they bring Sam Walker in at this stage? Or does Drew Hutchison keep his spot in the halves? His natural position, uh, where he's actually played very well before. We'll have to see. Combination is important as well. Uh, Luke Carey, Luke Carey, Sam Walker. I think it's a good combination, but ultimately, like I said today, there's going to be a lot of quick summaries. Ultimately, with the Roosters, I have no fucking idea what's going on. I'm like, what? what's the plan? Not sure. So Drew Hutchison, he was my player of the round. Big question there now. Does Sam Walker come in? Obviously, it's my player of the round. It's not like an official player of the round or anything. I'm not like the official judge of that. But off the back of that game, interesting, interesting. Drew Hutchison, could he be the guy for the Roosters? And funny as well, given all the huge international talents, stacked squad that the Roosters have, Drew Hutchison, player of the round. Fuck yeah. Uh, Talking point, Brisbane Broncos demolition job. Uh, That ends the Eels season. That's another talking point. Mitch Moses out for the rest of the season as well. At least the regular one, uh, which it looks like that's where Parramatta They're going to finish just in the regular season. So what's going on there? There's been a lot of talk now. Where's it all gone wrong for the Eels? There have been changes. I don't know. There have been patches where they've been pretty good. And again, when it's like, where's it all gone wrong for the Eels? I'm like, I don't know. There's been a lot of areas where it's gone right. Bryce Cartwright, a good example. And just given there were some key changes... To the squad this year. How uh, the Josh Hodgson signing. Respectfully didn't work out that well. Now they've got Joey Lussick. Brendan Hands. But Reed Marnie left. Maratani and uh, Isaiah Papali'i. But one thing Brad Arthur has shown. Is that he can get the best out of players. So I think it's just going to take the Eels some time. To work out. Especially with their backline, uh, What's going on. But that's not for me to work out. That's for the Eels to work out. Uh, I think they can do it. Not this year. And mathematically, they're still in it. But they got thumped by the Broncos. Over 50 points put on them. Historically, that says they're not going to win the Premiership. Uh, So that's where the Eels are at. But the talking point, it's the Broncos. They come out, they absolutely blitz the Eels. And here we are. Broncos, Panthers in a league of their own. As a Warriors fan, we're in the mix, I'm stoked about it, um, but all bias aside, Penrith, Broncos right now, those are the two teams who are on trajectory to meet in the grand final. But a lot of hungry teams, challenges, contenders, and we're still working at exactly what the makeup of the top eight is even gonna be come finals. But right now, Broncos, Penrith, neck and neck. And for the longest time, Penrith with this young team, they were the new kids on the block who were killing it. Now, they've had three grand finals in a row. They are back-to-back premiers. They look in the box seat to go for the three-peat. Now things are changing. The dynamic has begun to shift. And Panthers are no longer, whilst they're still young, hungry, now they're a powerhouse club, well and truly. The Storm, the Roosters, uh, the Sea Eagles around the time they had Hazler, you know, Jamie Lyon, Watmo, Steve Maddie, that kind of era, the Stewart brothers. Nobody has quite done what the Panthers are doing right now. Uh, so it is really remarkable. But Brisbane Broncos, this is how wild this is. The dynamic has completely shifted. Broncos, for the longest time, were the powerhouse club. That was the uh, expectation. They have just come off the worst era in this powerhouse club's history. Now, neck and neck with the Panthers, it is Penrith, who are the competition heavyweights. It is the Broncos, with a coach who hasn't done it before, and Kevi Walters, but has done it, Many times as a player, chasing that Premiership glory. And it's the Broncos who are the young, elite squad. They're the ones chasing the Premiership. I'm pretty sure most, if not all of them, for the first time outside. Guys like Adam Reynolds and uh, Kirk Capewell. Maybe I missed someone, but don't think so. Who knows? Fucking not checking into that today. Uh, but Broncos smashed the Parramatta Eels. So not only did they pass that test, they destroyed the Eels. And we're at this point now where there is no narrative about the Broncos fade out last year. Because we're at the point now where it's past that. And they're doing the opposite of fading out. They just thrash the Eels uh, beyond oblivion. So Broncos now neck and neck with the Penrith Panthers. Then, I mean, we talk former competition heavyweight turned young, elite, hungry contenders. The young contenders in Panthers turned the elite heavyweights. The motherfucking Warriors, my guys, in third place, a team who have never won a premiership. And everything below that. I mean, Melbourne Storm, which we have seen a discrepancy between the Panthers and, and the storm, but Ryan Pappenhausen about to come back into the mix, and all the sides who are still in contention, and Manly and Eels taking the biggest hit this weekend in terms of actually playing finals, every team, it is so exciting, I am thrilled to see what the Newcastle Knights are doing right now, our Cowboys, they still have a bit of juice left, so do the Bunnies, so do the Cronulla Sharks. But talking point from the whole weekend, Brisbane Broncos come out and absolutely destroy the Eels. So I'm looking at Brisbane Broncos. At this point, I'm convinced. They absolutely can win the Premiership. I mean, Panthers. That's all there really is to say. So we'll have to wait and see. That's what's the most exciting part about this season. Rising Star... Now, one segment I'll get to at the end of this, knocking on the door, uh, which is a player in reserve grade, who's performed really well, who I think maybe, or at least not what I think, but their performance is saying, I'm ready for first grade. Ryan Catchman, he's been nominated once for knocking on the door, been playing really well for an Illawarra team in the New South Wales Cup that aren't. I don't even think they're in finals contention. If they are, they're definitely not in like the top fucking four. Not that that's a huge criticism, but basically they're one of the weaker teams of the cup. Ryan Couchman is putting up elite numbers on a consistent basis. Here in his NRL debut, he's been nominated for the not-just-a-sports-report Rising Star. Now he probably won't get it, given that he's only played one game. It's toward the end of the season, but good to see. His reserve grade numbers were justifying a debut, especially for a Dragons team that need a boost in the Ford stocks. Comes out, has a fantastic showing for the Dragons. Throw in the fact that his brother is there. I think they're twins, Toby Couchman, who's played a little bit more footy this year. Future of the Dragons. Couchman brothers look like they're going to be a part of it, and they are twins because they're fair guy twins. Also played, first time ever, two sets of twins uh, on the same team. Hell yeah. That would be, imagine if Dragons went like twin strategy. And you pay them a bit less, or you pay them heaps, but it's divided because they're twins. And you get a squad full of twins. Fago brothers were both uh, Australian schoolboys. I'm pretty sure the Couchman brothers... uh, Come from good stock too, and they're going to be awesome. Twin strategy. We'll have to see, but rising star Ryan Couchman uh, enters the mix. He'll be eligible alongside the other 23 players who've already been nominated this season. And at the end of the regular season, you'll be able to vote. So stay tuned on the Instagram. Where exactly? Well, it's on Instagram. There we go. I'll update you a bit closer. Tough stuff, I went Aden Blake. Blake, uh, not just because I'm a Warriors fan. That was tough stuff against the Tigers. Put up huge numbers round four, a metric fuckton of meters. And just as always, was a problem for the defense to handle. And Tigers came to play, which I enjoyed a lot. So Aden Blake, I went with him for tough stuff round 24. Moment of the round, I went with Newcastle Knights, getting another big win over the Bulldogs. Right now, like, when I'm being a neutral fan, not supporting the Warriors or the Raiders, Newcastle Knights, I'm enjoying a hell of a lot. Uh, So I've gone Knights, moment of the round. They keep this winning streak going, and now they look like they're going to be there come finals. So Newcastle Knights, their fans would be delighted and I keep saying it every single podcast. They've shown they can compete with the best teams in the comp. Let's see how far the Knights can go. Uh, cause for concern, the Canberra Faders. I thought Eels also concerning, given that Moses is now out for their finals push. Uh, but cause for concern, I went Canberra Faders. They got belted by the storm, and they've gone from pushing for top four, honest to now being flat out trying to defend their position in the eight. Concerning Canberra faders. They're fading out and I don't like to see it, but yeah, I try to be impartial. It's concerning, so Canberra faders, you can't escape that. Knocking on the door. This is the best one all season. A reserve grade player is pushing the first grade. They don't have to be young, they don't have to be fucking of any description. They just have to be in reserve grade, play a really good game, and also be a realistic shot. Like, not just picking guys who probably not even in an NRL system. This is like a realistic looking to come into first grade. Knocking on the door, Ryan Pappenhausen. (laughs) Which makes me stoked to say I mean, that is a certainty that he's pushing for first grade. But he killed it on the weekend for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, played the full 80 minutes, looked like the Ryan Pappenhausen that we know and love. He's knocking on the door. Melbourne Storm Finals is approaching. And this doesn't mean I'm saying let's rush him back in. I, like everyone else, want to make sure he's fully fit, fully ready to go. But he's knocking on that door, and Craig Bellamy's opening the door, and he's saying, come in, please, please come in. So Ryan Pappenhausen, and I'm actually smiling. After everything he's been through, he's knocking on the door, he's ready to come back, just storm their medical staff, all that jazz. They'll know when to bring him back. Right now, I don't exactly know when is the optimum time to reintroduce him. But he's knocking on the door. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you, Jared Croker, which I spoke, spoke about that before. Nearly said spork. It's the fucking spoon and fork thing. Anyways, getting off track. Thank you, Jared Croker. Uh, and finally, team of the round. Round 24, team of the round. Let's get amongst it. Our fullback, I went with Reese Walsh, talked about it before, how Broncos absolutely destroyed the Eels. Reese Walsh, Eels just couldn't contain him, and they're not the only side. This is a piece of the puzzle that, look, he was at the Broncos previously, but not in this capacity. He wasn't playing first grade. Now, he's living up to everything he knew we could be. If Warriors weren't coming third, I'd be so sad about that. But because the warriors are going awesome better almost than ever. Now I'm just like, okay, I can enjoy Reese Walsh. He he suits the Broncos jersey. Like he looks like he's meant to be a Bronco. And dolphins were the ones who were trying to pinch him initially. So I kinda like the petty move of being like, we'll let you go to the Broncos. And Broncos did release him early to us. So now I've moved past it. Reese Walsh, holy shit, come finals, doing all these things, it, it's going to be, it's going to be unbelievable. So as long as he, I don't know, it's like the errors, it's like, yeah, don't make the errors, but all the shit he does kind of cancels out the errors, I believe. Come finals, that could be different, but he's shown through origin, he can handle the big stage. And he's still growing. I think the errors are a part of his game that he's going to fix. So, Rhys Walsh, team of the round. Uh, Eels. <sighs> Brad Arthur, probably going to bed having nightmares about Rhys Walsh. All wet dreams, who fucking knows. Uh, anyways, getting off track again. Wingers in the team of the round. Ronaldo Molotalo. I uh, thought he had a great game. Returning into the Sharks lineup. And Dean Mariner. Uh, now, if you caught my one-to-watch series in the preseason, I picked one young player from every club uh, to keep an eye on. Dean Mariner was my one-to-watch for the Broncos this year. Hasn't played heaps, but this kid is a gun. And I believe Herbie Farnworth off to the Dolphins next year. That's already been confirmed. Dean Mariner, I think his best footy is at left-centre. So I think Dean Mariner, I think next year he's going to be a regular fixture in the Broncos lineup, could be a regular fixture in the team of the round. And yeah, I'm just wondering, do they go Cobo to left center, Mariner to the wing, or do they throw Mariner straight in? He's a gun. He's a fucking gun. I'll tell you that much for free, and he'll tell you that much with his performances. He's in the team of the round. Sent his Jesse Ramian from the Sharks and Dane Gagai. Dane Gagai is killing it for the Knights. Knights killing it in general. 11 tackle breaks against the Bulldogs. Bulldogs were very ordinary. Dane Gagai, super gags. He's in the team of the round. As is Newcastle, 5'8". Tyson Gamble scored two tries. Played a huge, huge, huge... Don't know why I did that part in the Knights beating uh, the Bulldogs. Not just beating them, owning them for the second time. Not as badly as the 66 now. 42-6 though, still an absolute drubbing. Tyson Gamble, Drew Hutchison, my halves pairing, team of the round. Hell yeah. These are not million-dollar halves, so that is that is good. And I wonder what's going to happen. Because Jack Cogger has signed with Newcastle Knights, Tyson Gamble, Jackson Hastings, Jack Cogger. What's going to go down there? Who knows. But right now, we're not thinking about 2024 for the Knights. They're doing a lot of things right now. They are extremely relevant in the Premiership race, and I know they're not definitely not the front runners. But now it's got past the point where they're contending for finals. Now they're stringing, some fantastic footy together. Tyson, Gamble, Drew Hutchison, team of the round halves. Go figure. Aden Fanua Blake, Tino Fasua Mala'awe were my front rowers. Tino ran for over 200 meters. Pretty sure Aden did as well, Aden was destructive. I think that's why he got the tough stuff for this round. Billy Walters, dummy half. Now considering everything that could have gone wrong for the Broncos, the podcast comments from Tyson Gamble, Selwyn Cobbo, Kevin Walters' coaching ability, just where the Broncos were at in general. Billy Walters being Kevy's son, number nine, being such a crucial, crucial position. Billy Walters. If he had even played not fantastic, it's like, oh, Kevy's just playing him because he's a the son. That's just all that shit. And it's lame. Most of us who've played footy have seen, in most cases, and there are exceptions, the kid who's the coach's son is usually the hardest worker. You know, they usually get made to work the hardest because they're the son. And it's like, that's an added layer that you have to prove. And not just anyone's son, Kevin Walter's son, and you're playing at the Broncos. Billy Walters, not just in team of the round, uh, but he's been fantastic all year. Dummy half. They didn't... Like, they have Blake Moser, Corey Pakes, Tyson Smoothie has been introduced. Ben Hunt at one stage was floated. Uh, But as far as the number nine, like, they don't have this elite representative star in that position. There were so many things that could have gone wrong that have gone absolutely right for the Broncos. Billy Walters has been one of them. Deserves a lot of credit uh, to come into the Broncos, play the way he has, and now he's he's on track to be a premiership star, potentially, under his father, Kevin Walters. Imagine being Kevin Walters' son. Like, seriously, fucking hell. I would've hated going to training. Just like, oh my god, fucking hell, the bar. The bar is like six premierships, so many first grade games, Queensland, Australia, and you just got to be like, it'd be interesting, the dynamic there, between like superstars like an Ivan Cleary and Nathan Cleary. And lastly, of course, uh, there aren't, I mean, it isn't always the hardest working son, uh, at least in junior grades. Like most of the time, the coach's son is the hardest worker and they're a really good player and usually a good bloke. But occasionally there are times where the coach's son, it's like, why the fuck is this guy? Why is the number seven on his back? I'm like, this guy? No, sometimes. But whatever, I'm getting severely off track. Billy Walters. Hell yeah to Billy Walters. Kirk Capewell, another Bronco. Uh, he's in my team of the round. In the back row with Nat Butcher and Cam McInnes. And with Dale Finucane out for the Sharks. McInnes more important than ever. And he's playing as good as he ever has. So he's someone I was surprised didn't get into the origin frame this season. But there you go. That's the team of the round. And now, like I said, we're going to keep the train moving on today's pod. So let's get amongst... All eight games from round 24. Round 24, round 24. Could you want anything more than round 24? And now we're getting into all the games. This is how I'm going to do it. I said it's going to be a bit quicker. Basically, score, quick thoughts on the game, quick thoughts on both teams, final takeaway. Keep on moving. We're going to start Thursday night, Four Pines Park. Penrith Panthers 24, Manly Seagulls 12. Manly put up a hell of a game against a Penrith side. Look, last couple of years, Penrith have been in a league of their own. Now Broncos starting to lift toward that league. Healthy competition only brings out the best in Penrith. So it's scary to think what they could do. They're on track for the three-peat. Basically, the test for Penrith here, just win. Keep on winning. They managed to do so. Wasn't the prettiest game by any means. Encouraging for the Eagles, but also discouraging because now they're more than a win outside the top eight. And yeah, that loss looks like it could be season-ending. Manly playing Warriors next up. And traditionally, look, this is a different Warriors team, I'll tell you as a fan, and I think most people can see that anyway. Uh, But over the last number of years, Manly, and Dalia Cherievans, in particular, really have our number, and I don't have any stats in front of me. I could be wrong, this is just purely from memory, but I feel like every time we match up against the Seagulls, even when they don't have Tom Trebojevic, They just get us. Uh, So that's a game I'm wary of. And if Seagulls win that, they've got Tigers and Bulldogs to finish the year. Uh, So to finish the pod, I'll look at the ladder. I will address all that. But I spoke on the preview podcast about Manly. I said, next fortnight, they've got Panthers and Warriors. Over the next two rounds, we'll know whether they're playing finals or not. They've lost the first game. Now it's looking more unlikely that they're going to appear for the final series. But they put up a good fight here, and I don't believe their season's fully done yet. So we'll have to wait and see. Warriors next up. Huge game. Like I said, round 25, I am going in-depth. Final takeaway for this one, that probably is the loss that's going to see Manly miss out on the final series. Not super disappointing, given it's Penrith. But now they've got a lot, lot of work to do. Panthers' biggest takeaway, they're in the box seat for the three-peat. And the fact that people are getting excited about the Warriors, getting excited about Ryan Pappenhausen coming back to the storm, getting excited about what the Broncos are doing amongst other teams, that's only having Penrith thinking, beautiful. The rugby league world right now, we're not totally consumed by what the Panthers are doing. Realistically, that should be the talk of every show. Not Paul Crawley being like, is Joseph Swally, Swally, sorry, uh, the most overhyped player? It's like, well, Panthers are like, fuck yeah. No one's talking about what we're doing. And they're looking to do it again. And they're up the top of the ladder. People are talking about it for sure, but it's not. it's not the thing on the tip of everyone's tongue. Broncos probably getting a bit more talk. Warriors getting plenty of talk. Panthers going about their business. They're the team to beat. So there we go. That's that game. Then early Friday game. Sharks 36. Gold Coast Titans 6. Yeah. Titans. It's kind of. That's their 2023, isn't it? They could have made the finals. They didn't. Defensive issues all year. Des Hasler coming next year. Justin Holbrook let go midway through the year. They've kept David and Tino. So that's basically my biggest point for the Titans there. Sharks 36-6. They had the big win against the Rabbitohs last weekend. This weekend, a comprehensive victory over the Titans. Sharkies have steadied the ship at a crucial time. And they've got a couple of weeks now. To hit top four. And they're going to need to. To actually get themselves in a position to compete for the Premiership. Here, a quality win. Just give me a, one moment. Who have they got next? Cowboys, Thursday night. Oh, that's the thing. Round 25. <laughs> it's full of bangers. That's why I'm going to go in depth. Because this round, it had some things where I was like, I don't know. Panther, Seagulls. I don't know if I needed to go. More in-depth than I did. I mean, DCE had an awesome game. Sharks-Titans. It's like, how in-depth do I need to go for that? And then I look. Sharks-Cowboys, well, that I need to go in-depth for. So I'll wrap it here. Final takeaway. Sharks, 36. Great win. Positive. Let's see what they do from here. Titans, six points. Des Hasler's coming next year. Keeping David Fafito. David Fafito, new player unlocked. Oh, thank fuck they're keeping him, because he's awesome. David Fafito. And Tino Fassuomolawe staying, potentially, for the rest of his bloody life, as long as he can play football. So, there's some positives. No real positives from the actual game. We move on. Friday night, 54-10. Broncos, that's ended the Eels season. Mitch Moses, gone. I don't know what the status of an RCG is or Mike either. Uh, but the eels are gone. Sorry, that was probably a very harsh sound. But yeah, 5410. Eels are gone. That's my takeaway there. They're just gone. Not for fucking ever. Just for this year. We're still not going. Full negative. They're just gone for this year. And some people probably take it really seriously, like, they made the grand final, and now they're going to miss finals, I'm pretty whatever about it, it's just like, okay, whatever, Brad Arthur, like, I think Brad Arthur is the right man to be the coach, I think a lot of the key position players are the right guys, they've just got a few things they need to tweak, a couple of positions depth-wise, like, I think depth is a big issue for them, that they need to fix. But Eels, over the next couple of years, they could easily make another grand final. I say easily, probably not that easily. But, yeah, they're just gone for this year. Not gone forever. They're they're gone for this year. They could prove me wrong, mathematically. uh, But if you speak to any of my math teachers in school, they'll tell you. I'm not big on math, so until I see it from the Eels, I won't believe it. They've gone 54-10, says they're gone. And it also says they should not be allowed to play uh, at AFL stadiums. The Gabba, they got owned. Marvel Stadium, they got owned. They're probably, anytime they go to an AFL game, they're going to have, like, a negative rush through their body, like, oh, no, I've been owned so many times at similar stadiums. Anyways, we shall move on. Broncos... Biggest takeaway, Brisbane Broncos are legitimate premiership contenders. Parramatta Eels are not, right now. We move on. Saturday, Rabbitohs 26, Dragons 14. This was another one where I was like, I don't need to go too in depth. What was the assignment for the Rabbitohs? Win, at all costs. What was the assignment for the Dragons? Win. But also, like you have an interim coach, you consider where the Dragons were at. If you're not going to win, you at least need to compete. Pass mark for both these teams in Cairns. Rabbitohs needed to do, or needed to win. I can't speak English. And they won. 26-14. Dragons, they lost. But they gave it a red hot crack. That's basically where this game was at. Now South Sydney... Are one of the more interesting teams. They look like they're gonna finish probably outside the top four. So as for how they make their run, not too sure. But they've got the players, it's about form. This was an important win, especially after last weekend against the Sharks. Worst game I've seen the Bunnies play this year. And it was a bit of an illusion because earlier this season, they were the front runners. It's like, okay. South Sydney are here to get it done. So we're kind of falling into this trap of maybe thinking they're better than they are. Because for quite a stretch of time now, they've been poor. Now, a lot has gone into that. No, the trail. Katie Walker's been playing injured at times. Cameron Murray. Like, there's been a lot going on there. So there are reasons for it. But they don't have a lot of time to click into gear. So this was an important win. A couple of weeks out from finals, and we've seen it before, where Souths just go bang. All of a sudden Campbell Graham killing it. Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell tearing teams apart. So the win here, it kind of just stabilizes them, and they do have enough time to make a real run. Uh, This competition, I can't remember a season as exciting. Of course, the last ten or so years, there's been very little excitement around finals as a Warriors fan. Uh, But now, we're in the mix. So many teams. Knights, Bunnies, even Sharks. And of course, the front runners. But Bunnies are most interesting of the lot. They're the team uh, that I think most rugby league fans would view as a team who could make a run from outside the top four. And play footy. I mean, if Luttrell gets going, Cody Walker gets going, uh, which he has been. And Luttrell's been good. But obviously they've got to go to that next level to win the Premiership. So over the next few weeks, we're really going to see our biggest takeaway for the Dragons. I kind of like the Titans, they're going to have a new coach next year. And a coach who I think is going to do an awesome job, Shane Flanagan. So Dragons, we're more looking at 2024. Next weekend, they'll host the Storm. Uh, but round 25. I have to go in depth because so many of the games are certified bangers. Next weekend, South Sydney, they've got that win. Now they're looking to make their charge. They travel to Newcastle to play the Knights who are in the midst of their charge. Their charge is well underway. What are they? Six straight wins? I've lost count. I'm not sure exactly how many wins it has been consecutively. Uh, But there you go, Newcastle, Rabbitohs next round. Uh, So this Dragons game, important for the Bunnies, next weekend is when we're really going to see how ready they are uh, for an actual premiership push. Knights, Rabbitohs, fucking hell, that almost broke me. Round 25, NRL this season has been epic. Speaking of epic, Warriors 32. Well, no, that was wrong. <laughs> Not very fucking epic of me. Uh, Warriors 30, Tigers 22. Thank you, Tigers. They took the game to New Zealand. None of you other clubs did. Fuck you guys. Everyone involved that didn't take your game to New Zealand. Fuck you. Yeah. Tigers did. So, hell yeah. Tigers played really well here. They, they could have won. They actually could have won this game. I hadn't for no Blake scoring a late try. Proved the real difference. But yeah, I have nothing negative to say about the Tigers. Thank you guys and girls. Everyone involved with the Tigers fans. Thanks for showing some appreciation for what the Warriors did. Which was a lot more than move their home game. Not salty that other clubs didn't do it. Still, fuck you. Uh, but Tigers... I said Knights, they're one team I've taken a vested interest in. I just want to see them do well. Tigers, now that they've taken the game to New Zealand, they can't make finals this year. But this will not be forgotten. Definitely not. Especially Benji Marshall, looking like he's going to be the long-term coach. So there could just be a bit of a handshake here. Tigers, Warriors, Kiwis in general. And just a bit of, you know... We like you guys. You guys are a club we'd go for beers with after a game. So thank you, Tigers. They played very well as well, and I'm not just saying that. They pushed the third place Warriors. They did not look like a 17th placed club. Uh, but most of the talking points with Wests are, of course, for next year, because uh, this year it does look like they're going to win the wooden spoon. But they took the game to New Zealand, so. When I'm not talking about the wooden spoon today. Thank you, Tigers. That's the biggest takeaway. Thank you all. Justin Pascoe, CEO approved. Thanks, brother. And Lee hedjapan I think I said that right. He looks kind of like a mob boss. He, he spoke on radio about making the decision to take the game there. So thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. I will not be making any disparaging comments about the Tigers in 17th. I did see one little funny comment, is that uh, I saw Adam Dewey made a comment about the referees, like, "Oh, they're always fucking us over. And like, I I know there's that kind of narrative with Warriors fans as well, uh, about referees. I'm not really like that, and I wish Adam Dewey the best in his recovery. He's an awesome player, Uh, but I saw, and it could have been taken out of context easily as well, so take this with a grain of salt. But essentially just being like, ah, oh, complaining about the referees costing the Tigers. And my first initial thought was kind of like, oh no, you know, that's really derailed the Tigers' season. They're sitting 17th, so yeah, whatever. Thank you, Tigers. Uh, and thank you, Warriors, for the season you guys are putting on. Round 25, going to be in-depth. And Warriors are my team, so I'm going to go super in-depth. So I'll go quick here, uh, but essentially the test was to win. A win's a win. I saw uh, one or two fans being really critical about the performance, which certainly wasn't great as an overall team performance, but the goal was to win. And yeah, to the couple of fans that were complaining about the performance, shut up, we're third. You know, We just won, we won. Why are you complaining? Uh, So 30, 22. Yeah, I'm just, I'm seeing how things go week to week, a bit cliche, Uh, but come finals, I'm gonna lose my fucking marbles. I'm so excited. Go the Warriors, we'll move on though. I'm gonna go in depth though. You're probably like, yeah, no shit. You've said you're gonna go in depth. That's the last time I'll say it for round 25. So you better believe. A lot of worries, chat coming at you this next coming week. Uh, but we move on, Saturday night, Roost is 30, Dolphins 14. Dolphins no longer finals relevant, but they're building something very special. I think that's clear to see. Uh, and next year, we're focusing mainly on 2024. Have there been a new team? Hell yeah, I've loved everything about it. Even though, it's like, the goal was never to challenge for the Premiership this year. They have a cool uniform, I like it. I like the location, I like Dolphins. I like it all, I like new teams. In fact, I love new teams. And there's some people who are like, oh, there's not enough talent to go around. Bullshit, there's plenty of talent to go around. Go find them, look at fucking Penrith. Look at Penrith. So many of them are juniors, but they're also plucking guys. From like Dubbo and the country. They've got, they're finding guys. They found Charlie Staines. They found Matt Burton, Dane Laurie, James Roberts. No, I think Souths found him. Uh, But Penrith find a lot of guys. Look at them. So to say there's not enough talent in the league. Bullshit. Make a Penrith B team. Fuck it. You could literally, they could field a second team. So yeah, I think there's enough talent in the league. And I like new teams. And the Dolphins, like you could make the argument, well, look at the Dolphins. They couldn't sign anyone. they got some sick players. They've got some awesome young players. And the Dolphins, with Wayne Bennett and Peter O'Sullivan, everything they got going on there, it's a long-term vision. Like they're set up for sustainable success. And to be as big as the Broncos once they really get into their groove. Uh, so, for the Dolphins, hell yeah, love new teams. They did lose, but whatever, still a hell yeah. They beat the Roosters in round one. For the Roosters, I put a line through them a few weeks ago. They're still in contention. Uh, we'll check ladder watch, end of the pod, 30 to 14, the Drew Hutchison show. Fans all around Australia and the world tuning on their telly to watch Drew Hutchison do his thing. Player of the round. Again, like I said with Warriors, and like even the Rabbitohs game, a win is a win. And the assignment for a lot of these teams was just win. Seriously, just win. You don't have to absolutely kill it. Although finals is close, so you have to be hitting top form. But this weekend, it was more about just simply winning. Roosters managed to do so. They're still in the mix. Uh, I'm a bit scattered around what the ladder looks like. So we'll see exactly how in the mix they are. But yeah, if they keep winning, which is the important thing, they could be playing finals. Uh, So Roosters, and like I said earlier in the pod, what the hell's going on there still? Who's going to play halfback? Still a lot of question marks with the Roosters. But I think all of us are looking at them and still thinking, shit, well, if they're a mathematical chance, and if they keep winning, which they could do, fuck, we may still yet have to deal with the Roosters. As a Warriors fan, I was kind of like, this is good. Because we almost needed one of the top teams to drop down, or at least one or two of last year's top eight. We couldn't; It couldn't stay the same, at least as a Warriors fan. With the same top sides, they get better, and the lower sides get worse. So yeah, we kind of needed teams to dip. And the Roosters did, so thank you, Roosters. Uh, Let me check what's next round. Warriors, Seagulls, massive game. Eels, Roosters. Holy shit. (laughs) Round 25 is hectic, in a good way. Eels, Roosters, 10th versus 11th. I think it's at the point, loser, gone. And I already think both of these teams, gone. Winner, though. Maybe they just, they're not gone. Oh, what is going on? It's like one of these teams could make a huge run between now and the grand final. But one loss in the next round, and they are seriously gone. So Eel's Roost is better believe. No, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'll be going in depth next round on that one. Uh, a couple more games to go. The Sunday smashings. Smithereens, that's what the Raiders uh, were decimated to. Blown to smithereens by the Melbourne Storm, 48-2. Jerome Hughes, I thought he was a standout player. Spine in general, Nick Meaney had an awesome game uh, with Ryan Pappenhausen lurking. Nick Meaney, he's got no choice but to have really awesome games now. But he did, credit to him. Munster, awesome. Hughes, uh, across the board, fantastic game from the Storm. 48-2. That was the game of the round. There were top four implications in that one. Raiders looked like a bottom four team. Uh, but that was the important one. I said in the preview, the ladder can be deceiving as for where teams are actually at as far as making a run for the Premiership. I looked at that game. I thought, okay, ex- these two sides on the ladder have been around the same mark for pretty much the whole year. Let's see where they're at against each other. Like, let's see who's actually got the good shit. And I thought it was going to be both of them. 48-2 to two indicates Melbourne Storm most likely finish in the top four. Raiders are now flat out. Making the top eight. Uh, so there's our answer. I always like to say on the preview podcasts, preview pod about asking questions, a uh, weekend rap about the answers. There's your fucking answer for where they're at 48 to 2. Melbourne Storm, we still got to respect them. Craig Bellamy, the players they have. We've seen there's a discrepancy between Penrith and the Storm, but then there's a Ryan Pappenhausen element. So Storm now, I think the biggest takeaway, they are in a way better position to challenge for the Premiership than the Canberra Raiders, Faders. They were my cause for concern in round 24. They are not looking like a top four side. They now set sixth. Canberra, they've got Bulldogs next weekend. Have to win that. GIO Stadium. That will at least stabilise them for a finals appearance. But a big Bulldogs bounce back still isn't going to tell us that much. Storm game, that was the one that was going to tell us where they're at. 48-2 is where they're at. And even if they smash the Bulldogs, the 48-2 to two is still going to be lingering. Two points away from historically, when you look at history not being a premiership contender if you concede 50 points. But they conceded 48. The Knights conceded 49 one season and won the premiership. So Raiders, still mathematically in, but you know how I feel about math. Storm travel to play the Dragons at Wind Stadium, which you'd assume they're gonna win, but I think about the Melbourne Storm that showed up uh, in Newcastle against the Knights and they were very poor. So Storm, we're still not sure exactly where they're at, Uh, but kind of how I was saying for some of the other games where this assignment is just win. Storm Dragons, no matter how you do it, they just need to win top four. Another shot at the Panthers could be looming week one of the finals. And I don't think any of us are gonna count out the Storm against the Panthers despite what we've seen this year. Especially if Ryan Pappenhausen's there. Oh, holy shit. The more I think about finals and everything that's going on, my head, I'm like, is my head about to explode? So exciting. Uh, and I think we had one more game. We did. 42-6. to six, Newcastle Knights. Bulldogs. I really don't have much to say about that performance. Very lacklustre. But I'm not in a critical mood. It's kind of today I'm taking the, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And I do have a lot of nice things to say about where they're heading over the next couple of years. But I've already said that before, and it's like, why why talk all these positive things? They just lost 42 to 6. They played really average. Don't have anything really nice to say, so I'm not going to say it at all. We'll see how they go next year. So I have so many nice things to say about the Newcastle Knights. Adam O'Brien has got this team in unbelievable form. Tyson Gamble scoring a double. Uh, you think about the form Kalen Pong is in. And just where the Knights have been for the longest time. This is the strongest position they've looked in. Because I think no matter where you are uh, on the competition table, if you come into finals on a big winning streak, and I know people say, Oh, it's good to suffer a loss before finals. Bullshit. If you're the Newcastle Knights, I think if you can keep winning, if you come into finals on a huge winning run, I I actually don't know how far they could go. I picked them for the spoon. So I'm loving this now. I'm like, I'm not going to limit them as to how far they can go. They could. I'm not saying they can, but they could. Compete from, for the Premiership. And if they keep this up, they can compete for the Premiership. 42-6 against the Bulldogs. Kind of at this point in the season, a game against the Bulldogs doesn't tell us where a side's at, really. But Knights have had two huge wins over them. And it's not just the Bulldogs' wins. It's this big run they've been on. The form they're in. The attitude they've shown all year, even when they weren't winning consistently. And now, it's a sweet mix of red-hot form, Newcastle. Next round, they've got the home crowd as well against the Rabbitohs. Holy dooly. So yeah, going all in for round 25. But we're going to finish today's podcast with Ladder Watch. Ladder Watch. What is that? Pretty self-explanatory. Watch the ladder. Uh, If you're a first-time listener, I like to start from the bottom. Why? I don't like to finish on a negative note. So I feel like why not work? Our way up. But I'll start on a positive note as well. 17th place Tigers. Thank you, Tigers, for being the only team to take a game to New Zealand. And best of luck. Over the next few years, I'll be rooting for you. Not in... I'll be cheering for you. So, I don't know, fucking hell. Uh, but thank you, Tigers. That's, that's my main summary today. Thank you, Tigers. 16th Place dragons. Fuck yes, didn't take a game to New Zealand. Uh, they, that organisation, they couldn't even attend Ben Hunt's 300th celebration. So, they're beyond taking a game to New Zealand. They said 16th. They put in a commendable performance on the weekend. Good on them. That sounded like I was fucking pissed off. No, good on them, genuinely. Uh, Good that I don't have to be like, well, they got smashed. As for the Bulldogs, well, they got smashed. They sit 15th. Dolphins sit 14th, but they've been new, they've been fun, they've been cool, and they're only going to get cooler. And Wayne Bennett is as cool as they come. So Dolphins, 14th. Most of us had them finishing lower than that, so still good on them. Titans, 13th. Probably not as good on them, a situation. Pretty poor from them. And yeah, just underachieved this season. And it's the one thing, I say it all the time. And so I do think of like saying things for people who are listening for the first time. But if you've been listening to everything, you'd hear it so much. So it's one thing with the Titans' defence. That's why they're not in the top eight mix. Uh, but from 12th up, everyone's in the mix. So... 12th, Seagulls. They are now three points outside of the top eight. And all the teams in the eight look like with their road home, they could stay there. So now the onus is really on the teams who sit outside the eight. And the one thing we're going to learn this time next weekend, uh, once we look at the competition ladder once again, uh, from next weekend on, It gets to the point for the teams ninth and lower where it's out of your control. Even if you're winning, you have to rely on other things to go your way. So not ideal at all. Sea Eagles, they have to beat the Warriors. That's the game. I said in the next fortnight, they have to win one of either the Panthers and Warriors games. They didn't win the Penrith game. They are a genuine chance of winning the Warriors game. So Seagulls still in the mix, but for how much longer? They sit 12th, 25 competition points, just sussing their for and against, minus 47. Uh, So other than Roosters and Raiders, who have the worst for and against of the lot, for goodness sake. Uh, But Manly have a negative points differential. So now it's going to be really hard for them. They finish the season. With Tigers and Bulldogs, though. So, it genuinely all comes down to the Warriors game. We'd be going in-depth. Have you not heard? Round 25. So, that's the Seagulls parked for now. Uh, 11th, Roosters. Moving on up to 11th. Woot, woot. Uh, Not really, though. 26 points. They are two points outside of the top eight now. Uh, So, like I said earlier, the key for the Roosters is that they have to just keep winning. Now they are on negative 84. So outside of the Raiders, who are minus 120, for goodness sake, Roosters have the second worst points differential. So they have no other option than to win their remaining games for the rest of the season. Simple as that. Not sure exactly what their run home is, but that's the assignment. Win every single game from here. So Roosters still in the mix. Eels. That Broncos game looked like the crushing blow that ends their season. Mitch Moses at the very least going to take no further part uh, in the regular season. Most likely going to miss the start to finals if they somehow make it there. Eels all over the shop. But only one win outside of the top eight. The one thing for them though... Is it their hot streak that they had going? Uh, has really dissolved. Now, they've at least got a positive points differential. But out of all the teams in the positive, they have the lowest. They're on 21. So again, they have to win every single game. And who do they play next round? Gee, my memory's shocking. I just went into it. Let me just have a look. No, I fucking I forgot. And we're not going to have a look. So Eels, I can't remember who they're playing next weekend. They have to win though. Eels, the Seagulls, they have to win all their remaining games. So that's where it's at for them. Cowboys on 28 points. And so, on the, uh, so are the Rabbitohs. Cowboys ninth, Rabbitohs 8th. So Rabbitohs have the better points differential. Cowboys play the Sharks next round. Sharks are 5th place. Cowboys are one win behind the 5th place Sharks. So they're not as much in a position as the Eels, Roosters, Seagulls, where they have to win and probably win well. They still have to win every game, or at least try, but they could still push to around 5th position probably. I think top 4 might just be beyond their grasp, but they sit 2 points behind the 5th place Sharks, who they play to open round 25. Round 25 could be the best round of the season, given where everything's at. Uh, So Cowboys-Sharks, cannot wait to get into that one. Cowboys win that. Let me check differential. They are 32 points in the positive, uh, and Sharks are 110. So their differential's not great, and they realistically have to win each game from here. They will be hosting the game against Cronulla, it will be played in Townsville. So what a banger. Now, top 8, 8th spot, Rabbitohs 28 points, 7th spot, Newcastle Knights. Given the form of the Raiders, Knights could very realistically qualify for a home semi-final week 1, uh, which would be off its tits. I'd love that. Newcastle would also love that. Uh, so 29 points. We knew the draw with Manly was going to come into play, and as we see it, Manly, that draw has them now more than a win outside of the finals race. Well, it has the Knights in seventh spot, and it has them one spot, uh, one point, sorry, clear of the Rabbitohs and Cowboys. There you go. Now Raiders dropping down. They just got pummeled. Pummeled, dropping down. They are minus 120 points. They're on 30 competition points. Cowboys win in the next round. They're going to overtake them. Knights win in the next round. Or Rabbitohs, winner of that game, is going to overtake the Raiders. They've got to be the Bulldogs. Which they probably will do. But even if they do, goodness gracious. Raiders. Oh. Rabbitohs still have a buy in hand as well. Raiders are lucky they play the dogs next weekend, but I think it's at the point they lose to Bulldogs, which could still absolutely happen, and I reckon they're going to fall out of the finals. So, Raiders, they're certainly not making any noise as far as the Premiership race goes. And I like to look at things sometimes who are contenders, who are pretenders. We found out in the Melbourne game, Melbourne are still contenders. They're not the top contenders. They're still definitely contending for the Premiership. Raiders are pretenders. They had a good portion of the season where they were stringing wins together. Minus 120 points differential to be the worst of the lot. Yeah, who knows? I'm excited to see what happens, whether they can turn it around. Who knows? It's part of the fun of the season, isn't it? So sixth place, the Raiders. Sharks have a way better points differential. They're on the same amount of competition points. Uh, But now, after the Sharks look to be in free fall, now if one of these sides is dropping out, it's going to be the Raiders. Uh, So Cronulla still pushing for top four honours. They are one win outside of the top four. Only 17 points separating Storm and Sharks as far as differential. So Sharks still in the top four race. Raiders, that for and against is so shocking, and their form so shocking. So they're probably a much longer shot. Top four could still be anything, but Melbourne Storm, they sit fourth, 32 competition points. If I had to pick who finishes fourth, Storm. They could finish higher as well. Warriors, only one win ahead of them in third. Third. So good. So damn good. Shout out to my mate Finchy. No, no. Not that one. Not the Brett one. Uh, Tom Finch said to me before the season started when we went out for beers. He's like, just quietly. I reckon Warriors in for a big season. And by that point, I was just fucking depressed. I was like... Oh, I said it's going to be our year for so long, and it just never is. And I was like, you know, Tom, not Brett. Uh, I think I think this year it might actually not be our year. Just shout-out to Finchie, Tom Finch. Good call, and I'm stoked. Like, I, I had just been through too many mediocre seasons, and my belief was starting to wane. Not my support. I'm right or die with the Warriors, have been... The whole way through. But my belief was starting to get a little bit flat. Boom, bam. My belief is now higher than ever. Andrew Webster is the Marne Warriors. We'll talk about them in round 25. Broncos 38 competition points. Panthers 38 competition points. Broncos still with a buy to come. That's our minor premiership race. And those are the cl- clear front runners for the premiership. So hell yeah, we're going to see what goes down. Who's going to top the table? Well, Panthers leading the way at the moment. Like I said, round 25 with some unreal games. We'll be going full analysis, really getting gritty with all the games. But that's been it for today. I said I wanted to go around an hour. I think 90 minutes, maybe a bit too long. So we're going to call it here. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Of course, preview for round 25, we'll be out on Wednesday, stay tuned for that, but until then, take care and enjoy your week.